This is part two of the, what are we calling this thing, Scott? Countdown to kickoff, yeah. Countdown to kickoff, win-loss <laughs> prediction, predictions, you know, just going yeah. over uh, the 2022 season, I suppose. That's right, and we're going to do games five through eight today, so let's get it started. See if I'd have just started with that, <laughs> I would have known what to say. <laughs> anyway, hello, Husker fans, and welcome to episode 44 of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker podcast, where we try to be sweet, but at times we get salty. I am your host, Ken. And I am your other host, Scott. And tonight we are joined not by Abby or Meg from Twitter. They couldn't make it tonight, but by our buddy, Luke. Mr. Merrill, or as he was known in a past podcast, possibly DS247. Uh, it's good oh, to have you, Luke. Okay. Glad to have you back, man. And uh, you are Glad having fun just trying to hold on to your phone. So this could be an interesting podcast. Uh, whatever you do, folks. <laughs> yeah. Don't put it on full screen if you're watching on a big screen TV, because Luke's just going to be doing this all night. You might end up hurling. So um, anyway. Last week, we previewed Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia, Southern, and Oklahoma with our guest, Dustin Schutte from Outsider.com. Please check out the video episode on YouTube at GenRedPod or by subscribing to Generation Red on your favorite podcast app. Anyway, Dustin and I both have the Huskers undefeated, while Scott has the OU game chalked up as their only loss going into the balance of the Big Ten schedule. Tonight, as we said earlier, we'll preview games 5 through 8 on the 2022 schedule which includes a homecoming night game against Indiana, a Friday night tussle at Rutgers, which is the Huskers' very first road game of the year, other than flying to Dublin, Ireland on August 22nd, 27th, excuse me, a likely score fest at Purdue and a home contest against a tough physical Illinois team who's beaten Nebraska the last two years. Um, if it all goes to script, the Huskers should be bowl eligible by game seven or eight, and the fan base can maybe breathe a quick sigh of relief. But that gauntlet of four slobber knockers will loom even larger in November if the Big Red hasn't yet gotten its sixth W by the time the clock reaches zero against the Fighting Illini. So that's kind of our backdrop for what we're going to talk about tonight, gentlemen. So, Luke, you're moving. Where did you did you move somewhere in town, or are you just hanging out? Okay. Still in okay. still in Lincoln. Just moved pretty much just ten more minutes away. Just uh had to downsize a little and downsize. Good yeah. change. Good change. Not not complaining Something. except for uh not remembering to bring everything that you didn't think you needed. Yeah, like a phone holder. <laughs> I, I mean I thought I wouldn't need tables by now, but here I go thinking again. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> How about you, Scott? Anything crazy going on in your life lately? Uh, nope, not really. Just getting geared up for this uh, exciting season. Um, the, the I guess the how oh, what would you what would you call it? I mean, it's it's basically put up or shut up for Frost this year. So uh, this season has me at at really really high tension. Um, yep. And so basically, the last few weeks, I've just been consuming as much podcasting and Husker media as I possibly can. And I still haven't drank the Kool-Aid, but it's very tempting on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, 
there's lots of reasons that I could drink the Kool-Aid, but for the sake of my own mental health, I have decided to refrain from such activities. Um, but <laughs> for now, <laughs> yes, for now, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing yeah. really crazy going on. Nothing really crazy going on. Pretty much, uh, pretty much been living pretty relaxed since I got back from vacation uh, about a month ago and um, playing a video game. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, basically living a boring life. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's life it's... without sports, right there. That's life without sports. <laughs> I gotta put my dog out of the room real quick. She keeps doing weird <laughs> stuff. I'll be right back. It's all good. Well, well, in the last, let's see, five days, I've been 3,000 miles. So it was a pretty busy week for us. Two different trailers uh, we're delivering here in Colorado, a 32-foot unit or 30-foot unit to, a, to a, if you remember that Johnson's Corner uh, truck stop we used to go to, Scott, up to that movie theater here in Colorado. Yep. Yep, yep. There's an RV place right next door, and that's where we're delivering. So, um, so we've we've been having a lot of fun. Um, been crazy doing. We, uh, yeah, you downsized Luke to a smaller apartment. I downsized to a smaller truck. So I don't know. Every time I see you, I feel like you got a new truck or you got a new adventure you're on. So I don't know about downsizing when you're seeing the whole world every yeah. week. It seems. Well, at least I'm downsizing the thing I drove. It's smaller. <laughs> you need so, to get like sponsored by at this point for all the traveling. You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Airbnb we might have to buy stock, in, <laughs> but uh, which that was fun. We vacationed Arizona not too long ago, and that's what we did in Phoenix. We stayed in an Airbnb, and that was so much cheaper than it would have been to have four of us staying in two different hotel rooms. It was way more comfortable. So, a lot of fun. It must be rough. It must be yeah. rough, Ken. Yeah, Airbnb can Airbnb can really be a hidden gem if you know what you're know what you're looking, looking for, for and you take the time to I mean, if you go to a hotel, I mean, it's basically depending on what economic tier you are willing to spend is you're going to get the same cookie cutter result. Airbnb yeah. is one of those things where you can find a real good hidden gem for a very very low price. Mm-hmm. Um and usually, yeah, like a really, really good host that knows what they're doing. And that's a really mm-hmm. enjoyable experience if you get it, if you get it just right. Airbnbs don't have enough hot tubs as hotels do. And that's, that's the only straw that I have about it. Cause if the hotel doesn't have a hot tub, I'm not even, I'm not even considering it. That's the only reason <laughs> I get a hotel. The yeah. That, I used to love the hot tub idea. And then it's kind of like, eh, you never know what. Little kids do in those hot don't, tubs. Don't, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't think about it. If you if you walk in and you smell like the ten pounds of chlorine they dump in there, you know, you know, you're then fine. You, know, you, got, you yeah. can't be in there over fifteen minutes, or else you'll lose skin cells. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, this at least had a so that was fun, um, and it had the RGB lighting and stuff at night that would shift colors and stuff. It was pretty sweet. Oh, cool. It's a pretty fun place oh, cool. to stay. Nice. Got to see the Grand Canyon. Got to go down south to uh, Tucson and see that friend of ours, of mine, Scott. That I was there doing his wedding in his backyard when we did our Michigan podcast last year. So got to oh, go okay. down and see him. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, good food. God, he makes the best chicken fajitas. But anyway, I haven't had supper yet, so we should probably get Ooh. right to this so I can eat here in a little bit. <laughs> oh, anyway, 
Indiana Hoosiers, uh, that's our first game, uh, or at least first game in the Big Ten, other than Northwestern and Dublin, Ireland. Um, they were not good last year. Their final record was 2-10. and 10. Their offense only averaged 17 and a quarter points per game. They ran the ball 114 yards per game, passed it for 175 for a total of 289. Meanwhile, their defense gave up a total of 380 four total yards per game, 147 by the run, and 237 by the pass. So I'm going to start with you, Mr. DS247. Why don't you give us your idea of how you think this game is going to go, keeping in mind that in 2019, Indiana came here and beat us. So um, what do you think? I don't have the ability to search that up. Don't remember. I could probably find it. It was like, I, I think it, it was, was like, like it was like 30, game. 35, 31 or something like that. Yeah. Was them, them over us or. Yeah. Let me yeah. They beat up. us. Well, I mean, I feel like it's going to be, we got besides Oklahoma, I feel like we got just a good kind of, we should get all of our, all of our little tweaks and all of our little miscommunications out of the way going way before that happens. Cause Oklahoma mm-hmm. is going to be our big hard test to really see if all of our new transfers are going to be worth sure. all the Kool-Aid that I've been enjoying, you know? So I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll be a good little push through and run because we need that new mentality. Like Frost has been saying for this season is we're not just going to have the people that want to be here, be our mentality. We want these people to win. I mean, that's yep. like we, it's, it's a put up or shut up kind of a thing, like you said. So, I mean, I really hope we're a little more aggressive and we show that we want to win and even and just kind of blow it out of the water. I want this to be a surprising season to just really settle in like the the, the all the doubt that's happened for them. So you're pick, you're picking a win, I guess, and and what do you think? I'm, I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna have to go for the win. Um, oof, I'd have to say probably gonna go shoot. I'm probably gonna go. So 20, 24, I'm going to go 10. 24, 10, Nebraska. 24, 10, Nebraska. Part of All my right. math, I didn't have enough time to think. <laughs> well, anytime you get a 14-point win in the Big Ten, that's a good thing. So go ahead, Scott. Why don't you let us know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that Indiana um, – yeah, dude, and they're just they were just awful last year. I mean, you can look at the rankings for all aspects of their offense and it was just atrocious. Um their defense was no better. Um they were kind of average in a lot of areas at best, but for the most part they were bottom of the barrel in, in the Big 10 when it mm-hmm. came to a combination of both their offense and defense and that's a significant reason why they went 2 and 10. Um, which if you contrast that with Nebraska, granted we went three and nine, but our actual stat lines were significantly better. It's, you know, as it's said, been said a million times, we were the greatest three and nine team to ever walk on any field ever. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so I just, I, the only thing that has me worried, the only thing, Mm -hmm. the only thing that has me worried is the fact that, um, we're coming off of a bye week, which hasn't been great for Frost, or really in recent memory, we have just not been good right. after a after a bye week. And Indiana, the week before they play Nebraska, they they go to Cincinnati, which they're likely mm-hmm. to lose. Um, 
but I just, it, it has a, like, I have just a very minimal amount of concern, but there, you know, there is still just a little bit of a concern. I guess it really depends on the context of how we play in those, in those first four games Mm -hmm. and how ready our staff gets our guys to go after that bye week. Um, but I do have this as a win. Um, I just don't see even with, uh, I think Indiana hired a new offensive coordinator or, um, I'm looking right now. Didn't they hire a new con- offensive coordinator? Hmm. I don't remember. Let me just click on my yeah, keyboard. Yeah, yeah, they did. So... I just don't have a, I just don't have a name for it, but yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be messing around with new, with new, you know, everything really they've got to try something different because of whatever whatever it was that they did it just wasn't working um right but i've got a, I got it chalked off as a win um and my score prediction i suspect that with them coming to lincoln a night game i think that it should be an electric environment um it'll be the first night big 10 road game that we've had um since uh since michigan Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it'll be an electric environment. And if we get off on the right foot, like we did against Northwestern, I could honestly see a blowout in this game. Sure. Um, and that is just based on if we, if the, if the context of Nebraska is that we're doing good and we've got, you know, <laughs> a really good repertoire leading up to that game and Indiana is still kind of shaky, um, especially after probably getting their, getting their, uh, getting their asses kicked for lack of a better word um, Mm -hmm. against uh, Cincinnati the week before I see something like a uh, shoot. I'm going to say it's not so easy either. I'm going to say 40. I'm going to say 42 to 13, 42 to 13. It's not going to get into the fifties. I don't think, but I think that, right. I think a lot of the the points that Indiana is going to score which isn't much 13. I, I think it'll just be garbage fourth quarter. I, I don't see them getting in the end zone till near the end of the game. Um, especially if our, if our defense is clicking, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Five Ooh. and one. We're five and one at this point. At this point. Well, four, four and one. Cause you would. Oh yeah. Yep. Four and we one. We've been three and one. Um, come off the OU game. I have it picked as a win. I'm a little concerned about this one because if we do beat Oklahoma, then this was a game that's ripe for a letdown. Though I think once these kids get a taste of what it's like to win that close against a big-time opponent, they're going to be ready to fly. So I've got this definitely as a win as well. I think it starts a little shaky in the first quarter, and then we kind of find our footing. Uh, And we pull away at the end of the game. I'm kind of right there with Scott, but a little lower score. I'm going to go with 41 to 17. So we pull out the 24 point win, and we are five and zero on the season coming out of the Indiana game. So that moves us on to Rutgers. Oh, what, what do you what do you got, Luke? Yeah, one little thing to add there. But I yeah, want to go say ahead. What's, I guess what's going to be good for the Indiana game if we beat Oklahoma. I just hope we don't have too much of a mentality of where we think we are and just run with that because the bye week we're going to right. just kind of not have that competition to keep that fire. I feel like then if we go into the Indiana game, we might just come too too ahead of ourselves. And so I'm hoping, even on a loss, Togoma is not going to really be beneficial because I'm hoping we have no competition on that bye week to really refuel the fire. So, I mean, 
it all leads to what comes before that game because that's our last also home game before we finally go on the road. So I'm hoping us we don't shoot ourselves in the foot as we've done already enough once we get something rolling. All right. All right. No, I so, that's that's kind of what I was I I was thinking kind of this along the same lines with that. You basically spoke my mind there. Yep. Yep. So moving on to Rutgers, real quickly, just take a look at their record. They were five and eight. They went five and seven, got to go to a bowl game, and obviously did not win it. <laughs> their offense averaged 310 total yards, 19.7 points per game, 138 yards on the ground, 172 through the air. Meanwhile, their defense gave up almost 26 points per game, uh, averaging a total of 396 yards per game, 161 on the ground, 235 via the rush. I'm going to leave this one off, and I am going to say they dang near beat us last time we were there, and I know that was a COVID year, and unfortunately their return specialist that returned a kickoff against us when he was with Wisconsin and with Rutgers, I believe, is coming back again for his, what, 75th season? Um so I'm concerned somewhat about special teams maybe being a letdown in a Friday night game in Piscataway where it should be, you know, high school football. It's going to be hard to see a crowd being too excited to be there on a Friday night. So there might not be a whole lot of energy in the stadium. I worry about this game, but at the same time, I think Nebraska pulls it out. I think it's probably in that. Seven to ten point range. So I'm going to say, who, 24 to 14. Kind of the same thing as I thought for, um, I think, for North Dakota. I think that's about the same score I picked for that. So what do you think, uh, Luke? You go ahead. Um, I mean, what was our score against them last year? What was it? I, since it, uh, I knew it was close. It was 28-21. 28-21. So – Mm-hmm. It being at Rutgers, I want to say they might have a little advantage, but at the same time, I feel like as long as we keep our sync together and get that thing, we might have like a little bit of a competition in the first quarter, maybe fizzle out in the second if we pull ahead. But I feel like once we have the third quarter and fix any mistakes or whatever we had going on in the first, then mm-hmm. we'll just carry out and finish. I'm probably going to go – I'm feeling – shoot. Let's go – I'm thinking 21-14 us. I feel like it's going to be either a tight game of no one's really pushing down and a lot of punting, and just someone's going to hold out. All right. All right, Scott. You got it. Um, so this one, I once again, I just – even though we're going to Rutgers and they've got a good coach now with Greg Schiano returning back to Rutgers. He had his, he had his five and seven season last year. Um, he's got some returning talent. He's got, you know, I feel like his guys should probably gel a little bit better next year. Um, and he's got some good prospects, um, you know, just like recruiting wise, he's, he's been doing some good things and, and Noah Vedral is a, is a serviceable quarterback. Um, I was kind of bummed when he left. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have done some good things for us. Um, even, you know, the last few years, um, this one is, uh, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to predict. Um, if we get a good win, like I said, a good blowout win against Indiana, I don't foresee it being that much of a close game. Um, even with us going to their stadium, I just, 
I just don't see it. I, I do see a beat up Rutgers that we're going to be playing because they're going to be playing Iowa and in Ohio state the weeks before they play us. So they're going to be beaten up. They're going to be bruised. They're going to be, you know, ready to take a beating. And if we have a good game against Indiana and our guys stay healthy, I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why we can't just go in there and, and shut them down in all aspects of the game. Um, I think it's going to actually be a little bit more of a, I want to say a blowout, but I do think that there's going to be really? a, a larger, a larger point deficit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's probably going to be something like a 17 point win for Nebraska. And, and so that I would say would be like, a Hmm. Let's see. For a guy not like drinking the mm-hmm. Kool Aid, you got some pretty uh, blowout scores here. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get we'll get there once we get up to once we get up to Purdue. That's when the Kool Aid starts to go down a little bit. Um, Start mixing it, little lemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say. Let's see. Um, it's gonna be like a thirty-eight. 38 to 24, 38 to 24 victory, which isn't, I guess I don't, yeah, I don't think that's, that's not even 17 points. I'll say, no, let's say 38, 38 to 20. Let's do 38 to 20. So an 18 point win. 38 to 20. At this point, that means uh, I've got bowl eligible at undefeated at six and oh. Got us like one win away from bowl eligibility at six and zero. Luke, you've got us at, you know, on the two games that we've picked. Real quick before we move on to game number three, just give me win or loss on um, number one Northwestern win or a loss. I want to say it. It might. I want to say I'm going to hope for a win because um, I feel like either Northwestern might start a little stronger than us, just because we got so many new pieces to put together, and I'm wondering how not to blame it on the environment, but the altitude and everything going on in Ireland mm-hmm. to be just in that experience and in there to get used to that realm might be a little tricks to like some little stumbles there, but I'm hoping we'll keep it together and maybe it'll be a tight win. Um, I don't really have to say at least a touchdown, maybe not a field goal, but at least a touchdown kind of game. But then so I'm hoping for the W hoping, especially because it's going to be a real hard to not be happy yeah. about that loss. How about, how about North Dakota? You got that? don't you um i mean i don't know much about north dakota but i feel like that should be just like when we played what was it uh bethune cookman it should be just a simple we just need to get our run together figure out who we really want starting and who's gonna be playmakers and push on okay just southern um again you're gonna put that in the same realm as bethune cookman just because don't know much about them and i just feel like it's just a random throw at us team but it is georgia so i mean southern teams and southern guys are a lot more athletic than we've been at times so it could be something or it could be nothing but i mean i hope it's another win ready oklahoma what do you got a winner i'm happy it's here at least because that's going to at least give us a big momentum <laughs> boost because mm-hmm. oklahoma has not uh, been too bad in its past years of just athletes and who they come to the table with and so i don't know right. do you know anything about oklahoma's schedule before us or anything like that uh not much of one. What is it? UTEP they, and somebody uh, else. They got some throw <laughs> at them. Or I mean, they've like got – yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's throwaway. We're going to be I mean, there if for Oklahoma, test. If, if Oklahoma hits their stride sooner than we do, 
it's going to be an uphill battle of a fight just because it's Oklahoma and so, they're never a soft team. So, right. so I'm hoping winner, winner loss. Let's go. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going I'm to enjoy the Kool Aid on this one and say it's a win. Oh, baby. All right. Yeah, so we got good. two, just six, cause and it's at home. Just because it's at home. It's going to be right. a tough push to get there. All right. Well, there you go. Sorry if you already hit that, Scott. (laughs) We both had the same thought at the same time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, if if we beat Oklahoma, I'm 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 just slamming through your wall. Oh yeah, just you expect it. it. All painted red and fat and stuff oh. like that. Oh, so yeah, painted red from the sunburn from being at the game. <laughs> All righty, so you have a 6-0 then at this point. So let's turn our attention to one of the first real tests for this team, uh, other than Oklahoma, in my opinion, and that would be Purdue. Uh, this game was hard to watch last year, and I remember it was extra, especially hard for me last year because I was sick with COVID, and it was all I do to keep my head up to go look at my phone in bed. So, um, nine and four was their overall record. They averaged twenty nine point oh eight points per game, ran for eighty four yards per game because I guess they didn't like running the ball, but they sure threw it well for an average of three hundred and fifty five yards per game. That's a crazy average. Uh, total of 439 yards uh, per game average. They averaged 367 yards given up on defense, 22.4 points per game, 158 yards by the rush, 209 by the pass. Nebraska, uh, our offense scored 23 points from last year at home uh, and for 130 pass for 269, out yarded them by 59 yards, 399 to 340, but they scored 28, ran for 116, which was well above their average, and passed for 233, which was well below their average. So how in the holy name, Husker football, did we lose this game? Wasn't that like Plain all of our simple. season last year was that we had better stats and better percentages and all more yards than them? But was, yeah. problem was we kept giving them all away. And in this game, it was no, no different. It was four INTs by – by uh, Martinez with one of them being returned 67 yards for a touchdown. And that was the difference in the game. Um, so with that lovely, <laughs> lovely feeling in our gut, Scott, why don't you uh, try to work out any existential angst that you have about this game and give us a prediction. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's going to be a rough one. I think the context, as I'm predicting it to be, which is, you know, back-to-back wins against, um, you know, you got Indiana Rutgers and mm-hmm. should be pretty good there. And then we just go right at Purdue right after another away game. And uh, this one, we still don't have a, an estimated start time for that one, do we? Um, Not that I know of. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, dude, yeah, it's it's going to be it, – I think it's going to be a rough game. Um, I don't think that we're going to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think this is where we take our, our second loss of the season. First one, as I'm predicting, to be um, OU. 
Um, if you just compare the offensive rankings between Purdue and Nebraska, I mean, they're, they're pretty similar. You know, we're seven, we're 71st in scoring offense last year. They were 62nd. So a little bit better. Their rushing attack, however, was absolute garbage. They didn't do anything in the rushing room. They were bottom of the barrel. They were 127th in rushing offense, 130th in yards per carry. So they averaged like 2.8 yards per carry. Um, And even though I didn't think our rushing game was all that great last year in the running backs room, we, we still had, you know, Martinez running around the field that kind of helped that average go up. But um, I mean, if you just look at it on a, on a piece of paper, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close game. Um, And I just, I think this is where we take the first loss of the season. And uh, I think it's going to be something, something, uh, I want to say it's going to be a lower scoring game just because they've got a good defense. We should have a good defense. I think that our both, both of our offenses are going to struggle to get anything moving. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick a, a 20, a 20 to 17 victory for Purdue. And it's going to be a painful, like last second field goal too. So it'll be 17 because we need to have at least one of those, if not two of those this year, right? Like you're predicting for OU. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) All right. Um, Unfortunately, this is also where I find Nebraska getting their first loss of the season. Um, But of course, as far as my prediction is concerned, we're bowl eligible, which should make us as fans happy at this point, but the game just scares me. I have a feeling this might be where that new secondary bars really gets tested the way they haven't been tested. And they probably give up their highest point total of the season at this point. I have them given up probably 31 points to Purdue and Nebraska scoring uh, 24. So I've got this as a one-score loss. And at this point, Nebraska is 6-1, and one, still obviously going bowling. Luke, what do you think? I just mentally think this game is going to be just kind of like the Rutgers game and the Oklahoma game to where either they'll get a slight lead and kind of just like getting their step a little sooner than us or we'll be right there the whole game. I want to lean towards it probably going to go, shoot. I'd have to say maybe, shoot. I want to say it's probably going to be a one-touchdown game, maybe 21 us, 20, 27. What is it? I can't math right now. But, yeah, I just feel like they're going to beat us by one touchdown. And uh, it's just going to be a t- tough fought game, and it's pretty much going to be a, probably a turnover in the fourth. And that's what's really going to settle it for us or something, just something so small or simple and not even to get the refs involved. I don't even want to think about that yet. <laughs> so, basically, you're thinking like 28-21, one-score loss yes. as well. Yep. All righty. Well, we'll just chalk that off. Twenty-eight, twenty-one. <sighs> that one was painful. It, I, even more painful is to consider the fact that we've got to take on a team next the next week. Thank God it's at home. That has basically put the screws to us for two years in a row. They're going to be extremely physical with um, Brett Bielema as their coach. So let's turn our attention to Illinois, whose record was five and seven last year. Uh, they averaged 330 yards of total offense, 
each game last year, 20.17 points per game, 174 rushing yards, 156 passing. That was pretty anemic. <laughs> Their defense only gave up just under 22 points per game, however, but they did give up 365 yards a game, 150 via the run, 215 via the pass. Nebraska last year, uh, the offense once again, almost eclipsed them by 100 total yards. We had 444 total yards, 22 points, 212 rushing yards, 232 passing yards. You couldn't ask for a more balanced offensive attack that day. The problem was there was a scoop six. There was a Cam Taylor Britt, as we all know. Thank God he's in the league. Maybe he won't ever do that again. Uh, (laughs) Safety on a punt. 30 points we gave up. 197 by the rushing, 159 passing yards for a total of 356. Um, Luke, we'll go ahead and start with you. And uh, what do you think is going to happen against Illinois? Nebraska get revenge, or are we looking at losing three in a row and it's starting to sound a lot like Iowa? I say it is such a bittersweet thing when you're reading out those stats, then you have to say Nebraska stats. I wish wish you wouldn't, just because it hurts to read. That we did so much better, and it makes no sense. But I mean, I don't, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I remember this one time we were playing Illinois, and they were talking about how this new quarterback that was starting for them was mm-hmm. a transfer from Nebraska, and he's rode third string and he's never started for us, and so he was starting at Illinois, and then yep. they just put on a show. And ever since then, I feel like they've kept that fire of just yep. like yeah, just and just kept giving it to us. So I mean, I'm hoping that being at Nebraska yet again is going to just kind of give us that safety net, but it's, it's going to be a tough close game. And I feel like we might, we might pull it out by two, but I want to say it's, it might be a one touchdown game. Going to put this one at, let's go shoot. Let's go 35, 28. Us. 35, 28. All right, Scott, what you got? Yeah, so this is where I think that when it comes to our loss with Purdue, I think that that'll be a galvanizing um, a galvanizing part of our season where our guys mm-hmm. will kind of buckle up a little bit more um, and play a little bit more disciplined. Um, the only thing that has me worried about Illinois is the fact that we go once again right into a bye week. Um, prior to prior to mm-hmm. Illinois coming to town, um, and so if we if we do good against Indiana after our bye week, I don't see any reason why we can't do good against Illinois after our bye week. Right. But um, I don't know, man. You just look at you look at Il- Illinois' offense. It's it was pretty bad last year. Um, the only thing that was redeemable about their offense was their somewhat average rushing attack. Um, their defense was pretty good. I mean, you look at the stats and their defense was actually pretty dang good last year. Um, right. And, and so I don't see them taking much of a drop off on their defense. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a lower scoring game, but I think that Nebraska will pull away with a, with at least a two score victory. And okay. I'm going to predict something along the lines of a, 31 to 21 victory for the big red. Alrighty. So you got us at what is that? Six and two now at this point in the year. Yep. Yep. Six and two. Well, 
I can't believe I call you a friend when you think we're going six and two. Oh, just, just. Uh, <laughs> uh. Well, you know, my heart can take it if Nebraska somehow figured out how to lose to a vastly inferior um, Illinois team. So I'm calling for a win because if it was a loss, well. No, God. No, God, please, no, no, no. No! I just had to throw an office one in there. I couldn't help myself. Um, it's a good meme. It's a good meme. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, to me, I think this is the game that Nebraska really puts the offense together. This is a game mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where they've maybe muddled around a little bit with Purdue. They muddled around a little bit in some of the early games, and then they found some things in some later games, and maybe they muddled around a little bit again. And then they really put things together for Illinois. I think they have a bad Mm -hmm. taste in their mouth coming back from West Lafayette. And they're ready to take some revenge on, well, Brett Bielema. Let's face it. The last time we played him was in Champaign. The last time we played him before that was in the Big Ten Championship game when he was the uh, coach and decided to hang 70 on us. So, uh None of those players were there, obviously, at that time. But uh, I have no doubt Frost might show them a little bit of that film, give them a little bit of fight in their belly. And I think Nebraska drops 52 points on Illinois and gives up. Um, I think the Blacks have a pretty good day. They might return a couple of INTs for touchdowns, so I think they give up 10. 52 to 10, and Nebraska's feeling really good. Went into wow, so you think a blowout. I got revenge, a blowout. blowout revenge, absolute huh? blowout. And here's is this is probably the one I'm going to be completely wrong on, like probably all the others too. I don't know. We're just having fun. We're speculating. We have no <laughs> clue what's actually going to happen until get, I think we'll get an indication in Dublin what kind of team we've got. Uh, but anyway, that pretty much wraps up our episode gentlemen yeah so, uh, so just to game. just to recap yeah, so we've got we've got luke predicting a seven and one uh seven and one squad going into the final stretch of our season which the next game mm-hmm. would be minnesota um i've got us going six and two and dad's got us going seven and one so seven and one which is great because that means that by the end of our game against Illinois, we all have bowl, eligib- bowl eligibility um, going into right. game eight or leaving game eight because you guys see uh, six and one. I've got us five and five and two. So we're sitting at a bowl two. game at this point mm-hmm. after after Illinois for sure. Um which is which is like a refresh like that's refreshing to hear. Um, I hope that's what we actually see. Um, we'll see. I've got a couple. Things. Yeah, I know you guys might have talked about this before on another podcast, but for that Northwestern game, do you think there's going to be a lot of, I guess, substitutions around where we're really just going to like mix up the field and just really get the feel of all the little outlooks that we're still looking at and like some of those training that we see and little glimpses of that that we see. Or do you think we're going to kind of have a more stick with plan until it doesn't work? I think it's going to be probably a very vanilla 
game with maybe a few sprinkles of, of finesse kind of thrown in there. Um, I think that just because, I mean, the context, we're going out of country. It's the first game of the year, especially considering that it's against a Big Ten opponent to start our season. You put all three of those factors together, and then you add on top of that, you've got Mark Whipple as our offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator trying to install a new offensive scheme. You've got... You know, you've got Eric Shenander, but he's got he's got to figure out some things on our defense, specifically in our secondary and our defensive line. And so the only thing that I see that could get spicy in that game would just be some blitz packages that Shenander throws out there, um, especially Mm -hmm. with O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner kind of running the show when it comes to our pass rush or even just a, a, a blitz package of some sort. Um that would be something spicy I would foresee happening. Um, and on the offense, I mean, Mark Whipple, he's, he's, he's a good offensive coordinator. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few little, Oh, you know, like a double reverse or some sort of um, some sort of play action type of scenario, but I don't think it's going to get too ridiculous. I think they're going to mm-hmm. play very vanilla, you know, just run it down their throat, make them stop us because, I mean, you just look at the talent on on Nebraska's mm-hmm. side of the ball, and there's no reason why we can't just outplay them if we yeah. do everything right. So, and for anybody yeah, to play an island first starts, is Northwestern's a great, I feel like, initial first test on it. Well, you oh, know, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt that all. Coach Fitzgerald is going to love playing over there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, that'll be a little extra motivation for him. I don't think I see quite as vanilla a game plan as you do, Scott. I think I see um, – I would not be surprised to see we'll come out firing bullets all over the yard against that really, really bad secondary uh, for Northwestern. And I don't know if we're going to test them all that much in the run game. I don't think we need to. Um mm-hmm. We might hold back some of that because hmm, I don't know. It should be interesting. Um, <laughs> Fangwei Weldman, love that name. Um, how many wins? Whew. I don't know. I, I, I don't think... know what the metric is that that uh, that. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Trev Alberts is set out there. Set out there for for Frost Heat. Uh, some people have speculated it could be as high as eight. I think seven games keeps him going to a bowl game at six wins, and uh, winning a bowl game keeps him safe. I don't know if he goes to a bowl game at six and six, gets blown out of the water by a Pac-12 or a Big 12 team if he if he comes around for for the next season. But uh, I yeah, don't know. I think seven seven would be minimum for me. I- yeah, I think I think seven is probably the litmus, you know, test number that he's got hanging over his head. Um, the only reason why I would see a six and six frost retain his job is if we have a somewhat similar season that we had last year, where it's six and six, but there's zero blowouts. It's like the numbers are all good. The numbers are all good. There's just a few a few things like if we go six and six and we don't lose the games like we did this year in 2021, where we just get outplayed mm-hmm. by the other team of some sort, like just some fluky thing that happens Ooh, that, right. you know, we just, we just get blown up in some way, shape or form. Um, 
where we're not just making a special teams mistake or um, some sort of botched block or a fumble from our quarterback or some ridiculous thing like that. Um, but it would have to be every star is aligning in the worst way possible um, right. for Frost to keep his job going six and six. I really think it's most likely going to be a, uh, a seven and five, seven and five, yep. seven and five. And um, as long as one of those seven wins, like it needs to be against a good team. We need to win against, uh, you know, the teams we're supposed to, or not no, supposed Oklahoma, to win. Uh, uh, yeah. Michigan or Wisconsin uh, or something, get over the hump against somebody. Um, yeah, I agree. I say, like, I agree. This is like our, our easiest schedule that we've had in mm-hmm. the Frost era, just because, I mean, not to say yeah. that the Big Ten is no. out to get us every season, but I want to say this is, this should be something to really accomplish here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, I agree. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an easy schedule comparative to what we dealt with last year in 2020. Uh, 2019 wasn't all that difficult other than Ohio State. That was supposed to be the year that we win the Big Ten West, or at least we're favored to. So mm-hmm. none of that has worked out in the first era. So I'm curious to see this team goes. Uh, as we were talking about before we started streaming tonight or before we went live, Bruciancia does have us finish second in the Big Test. And has us going eight and four, as Scott said. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I love to see eight and four. That means at seven and one, like you and I have us set up at Luke, that we're going to win one of those big four. Oh, yeah. Going down the stretch. I say besides, I think, besides like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say besides like Oklahoma, like I want to say Oklahoma, maybe, maybe Purdue could be our biggest challenge. Oklahoma is like a really big speed bump in our path to really get a roll going. And if we can handle Oklahoma well, then I want to say Michigan's our toughest thing coming. And if we could just keep that going. And that, 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 our, our problems don't start yes. until game 10. Our first toughest game is Northwestern. Get beyond that. The next toughest game is at Michigan, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. then right below that would be probably Purdue, in my opinion, just because it's on the road. Um, and then I, it's I a was tie with, tough, but yeah, yeah Iowa and Wisconsin, Wisconsin is like a tie. So I want to say, like, this is how I just see the season going. I want to say the first quarter is going to be the big test where everybody just feels yep. each other out and we get the whole touch and go. But if we can fix some things in the end of the second quarter and then come back in the third and just if we don't yep. figure it out by the end of the third and just kind of get a comeback going, I'm hoping our fourth quarter streak of luck continues, but I just don't want to <laughs> rely on it. <laughs> yeah, I right. hear you. Hey, folks, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for doing this with me tonight. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned this last week, and I'll mention it again. The Team Jack 10th Annual Radio Fun is on September 29th at 2022. We have been asked by the marketing director at Team Jack Foundation to be a part of the Radio Fun this year. What that's going to look like, we have absolutely no idea, but more details will be available as soon as we have them. But we will be involved with that and be able to give you guys information on how you can be involved as well. Um, also, next week, we will be taking on the last four games, the gauntlet, if you will, uh, of Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. We will do that with Michael Diamond, the guy who actually won the inaugural plus-minus game. And he'll hang out with us next Sunday to do that. And that should be a whole lot of fun. Luke, is there anything 
you want to let everybody out there know how to follow you on social media, or you just want to stay uh, incognito? I'd say, I'd say uh, uh, do not subscribe to my YouTube channel. It, uh, it's, it's absolutely worthless and nothing. <laughs> uh, you don't need to follow me on social media. I don't really do anything. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you'll find links <laughs> to all of our social media at genredpod.com. If you like your podcasts in video form, subscribe to our YouTube channel, ring that bell to get notified when we go live or post new content. If you listen to the audio only podcast, subscribe to Generation Red on your favorite podcast app, where the audio for this show should be available by 8 a.m. Central Daylight Time tomorrow. With that, on behalf of Luke, thanks for us today, Mr. Carol. He's I'm Ken. Together, we're Generation Red. Here to remind you every single week that no matter what Jeffrey the Greek or anybody else in Iowa might tell you, especially Hawkeye Matt, their corn still sucks. And there is no place like Nebraska. Go Big Red. Woo!